Happy Friday, foodies, and welcome to Food Network Obsessed. This is the podcast where we dish on all things Food Network with your favorite Food Network stars. I am your host, Jamie Sire, and today we have for the very first time a former professional athlete on the podcast. And you know, from my background as a sports anchor, this was a very fun crossover for me. I loved connecting with this guy on all things sports and also his favorite Texas barbecue, which is also a very important topic in my world. From NFL player to Food Network star winner to host of Food Network's Christmas Cookie Challenge and Cooking Channel's Yum and Yummer, to borrow a sports term, this guy is the ultimate utility player. And now he's joining Bobby Flay and Michael Simon on the new season of Barbecue Brawl. He's had quite the journey to get where he is today, and I can't wait for you to hear all about it. Let's welcome Eddie Jackson. Welcome to the pod. It's been a while since we've seen each other in person, at least. How have you been? Uh, well, I've been great. <laughs> I've been <laughs> doing about as answer. good as you could possibly do with everything that's going on. So I have no complaints. All right. Well, I'm happy to hear that. I'm so excited to have you on because as we discovered when we co-hosted Beat Bobby Flay together, we actually have a ton in common, um, namely the fact that we both started out in sports and then later transitioned to food. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent four years at ESPN. You spent five years in the NFL playing quarterback mm-hmm. for a handful of teams, mm-hmm. Panthers, Dolphins, Patriots. You retired in 2009. I don't think uh, we've ever had a professional athlete on the show before. So I would like to start with that chapter of your life. Uh, I'm curious, which was your first love, uh, food or football? Uh, you know what? I think food was my first love because food was really? the first thing that I was introduced to. Um, and then football <laughs> and then, then sports came after that. But food for me is like uh, my earliest memories from food is like when I was like three years old. So <laughs> and, and what is that? What do you, do you actually remember something from three years old? Well, yeah, I used to help my, my grandmother make biscuits in the morning. And this is before uh, I even thought about sports. So, um, yeah, so I, I watched my grandmother make biscuits every single morning. I would help her out. And that's really when I fell in love with food. Do you still uh, make grandma's biscuit recipe? It's a funny, it's funny that you asked that because my grandmother's biscuit recipe is actually in the Food Network magazine. And it's, oh, and it's, a, well, there you and go. it's a picture of me and my grandmother when I was like three years old. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to have to pick up a copy and check that out. But as you mentioned, football did become, you know, one of your your loves as well. I think growing up in Texas, is that pretty much a requirement? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, football in Texas, sports in Texas, period. It rules everything. Like, the town shuts down, you know, Friday nights. You know? <laughs> Friday night lights is literally how my high school days were. The whole town was shut down whenever we would play. But, yeah, so sports, football in particular, it rules in Texas. <laughs> That's so funny. I actually was going to ask you, like, how similar – your high school football experience was to Friday Night Lives. I'm sure people ask you that all the time, but is that really like an accurate depiction of, of what it's like down there? Oh, 100 percent. Uh, not necessarily my school, but other schools in my district, because my school was kind of in the middle of a, a, a bigger city. But other teams that we would play um, like Flower Mound, Marcus and, you know, all those type of schools in Louisville, the, the town would shut down just to go watch the team play. 
Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, obviously, uh, you did pretty well because you you continued on to play in college. You were signed by the Panthers mm-hmm. as an undrafted free agent in 2004. Uh, even though you didn't hear, you know, your name called necessarily on draft day at the time, you know, was that kind of a dream come true? Just knowing that you had made it to the NFL. Yeah, I mean that I'd never forget that day. That day was uh, was so stressful because um, I was projected to be a third round draft pick. So we were fully ready to hear, you know, get the phone call. Phone call never came. <laughs> I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And uh, I guess about an hour after the draft ended is when I got, I got several calls, but I got called from Carolina. And that's one of the teams and, where I really wanted to go. And why is that? Well, at the time, the Panthers had just played in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. And I just fell in love with the team. They had, uh, you know, a few guys that I knew that I went to college with. Uh, Dante Wesley, he went to Arkansas. So he was there. He was telling me how good the facility was, how great the city was. Uh, my mom had just moved to North Carolina. So I was like, I want to go to North Carolina. And it happened. It worked out for me. That's awesome. Uh, looking back at, at your career, what would you say would be like your career highlight? This is the best story ever told. So I am, I'm from Texas, right? And people automatically assume that I am a Cowboys fan, but I'm not. I'm a mm. 49ers fan. Oh, wow. I grew up the hugest, hugest Jerry Rice fan. I had like Jerry Rice jerseys when I played Little League. I was like number 80. (laughs) Jerry Rice and and Bo Jackson. Those are my two guys. So I was a huge 49ers fan. When I made it to the NFL playing with the Panthers, this is the best story. We were playing Seattle in Seattle. And I think it may have been like the fourth or fifth game of the season. And somebody gets hurt. And they send me in there and I'm turning, looking at the sideline, trying to get the play, get the play. And I turn back around. I'm getting ready to guard this person. And I look and it's Jerry Rice. (laughs) (laughs) So the very first person that I covered in my NFL career was my childhood idol, Jerry Rice. It was the best. I couldn't have, I mean, couldn't make it up. Could not make it up. <laughs> how uh, how did you do against him? It was a run play. It wasn't a, if it was a pass play, okay. he definitely would have ran past me because I I was frozen solid. I was frozen. <laughs> Couldn't do anything. Have you ever had a chance to tell him that story? I talked to him after the game. He actually gave me some um gave me his gloves after the game. So oh, I still wow. have those gloves. Yeah, that is so cool. That is a great story. I, I I'm curious also like thinking back to your playing days and kind of what sports nutrition was like back then to how it is now, how different do you think the approach and mindset, just that evolution of, of people knowing more information about what they're putting in their bodies? Yeah. So it's totally different. We've learned a lot over the last, I mean, it's 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Um, So we've definitely learned a lot about how the body works with certain things. And a lot of stuff is starting to come to light, especially like with gluten allergies. I can't even, I can't even think of anybody when when I was playing in the NFL that had like gluten allergy or knew anything about gluten. And like <laughs> now, you know, it's everywhere or different types of allergies and things like that. I just feel like just food knowledge as a whole has grown so much over the last 10 years, specifically when it comes to nut- nutrition. Like we've just learned so much. So you're starting to see that now in these locker rooms, not just in the NFL, but in, in college as well, to where when I go back to my school, our meal plan or, or what they call it training table, everything is color coordinated with, you know, calories, uh, you know, a whole section of gluten free this or, you know, if you are a lineman, you have a green color and you can only get food from a green table. 
because it's, you know, kind of broken down to how many calories and how many carbohydrates. So I just think the knowledge has definitely grown over the last 10 years. And you're starting to see um, guys playing a lot longer, specifically like Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, yeah, he attributes everything to his diet. He is very strict uh, about his diet. That That's like a whole other podcast just to dive into his diet and um, his strategy and all that. Um, as an athlete, do you see food as fuel or something that should be enjoyed? Um, I see it both ways. I understand that food is definitely fuel. And it's so evident, you know, like if you don't eat before you work out, you become lightheaded. If you do eat, you feel amazing. My whole motto was, you know, as a personal trainer is, what to eat, when to eat, and how to eat. So once you understand that, what does your body need and when does your body need it? And then how do I get that, you know, in a healthy way? And once you understand that, then everything else is easy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, do you believe in the concept of a cheat day? No, 100%. You got to have a cheat day. Like (laughs) you have to have a cheat day. I've been on this cheat day thing forever. I've been telling everybody now, now cheat day is just everywhere. But if you do what you're supposed to do and you're taking care of your body, you know, sacrificing, you know, things that you may love or things that you may crave, um, you deserve to have a cheat day. I think my problem is that I, I have cheat days like every day. So, <laughs> that's, so, uh, so got, you have cheat weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So I just got to I got to figure it, get it down to one day, I think, then that I would be a, a little bit more successful. I'm curious, you know, thinking back to your playing days, do you miss it at all? Do you miss playing football? Are you are you happier in what you're doing now? I'm so happy um, with what I'm doing now. I would say I missed it maybe like that first year I was removed from it. But I once I got involved with food, food was just such a, another joy of mine. It's something that I always wanted to do is just do something with food. And it's always been a part of my life. It's something that I truly have a passion for. I, I I didn't, it helped me to transition. Like I didn't miss football. Of course I missed like that first season after I retired watching. I was like, oh man, you know, the excitement, the crowd, the camaraderie. I missed that, but I was also, like I felt good because I had something that I was doing something that I loved. So it's not like I was, you know, in accounting, sitting in a cubicle. I was like, <laughs> I was cooking. Like it's what I grew up doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you became a personal trainer and then you also opened up this Caribbean food truck in Miami and then eventually Houston. Mm-hmm. So what did inspire you to move into the culinary world post-football? Well, I've always been around food. Like I said, both of my grandmothers were chefs growing up. So our house, I mean, I was always around food, always. So we all cooked. Everyone in the family cooks. And I really started cooking about 10 with my dad. And that's when we moved to Dallas. And I really started getting serious with cooking and trying to learn more to the point to where um, when I went to college, I used to cook every single day and I would sell plates to my teammates for five bucks. <laughs> so I would sell like the little styrofoam to go plates. And it was all like comfort food, like home cooked meals, like uh, meatloaf and mashed potatoes or like fried chicken and macaroni and cheese or like lasagna. Just stuff that they were missing from home. So I did that for three years in college. But no, so it just it, it was always something that I, I loved doing. Uh, and it was just natural. Like as soon as I finished playing, like I had a conversation with my dad and he was like, what else do you love to do? And I was like cooking. He was like, well, you need to do something with it. So I actually started catering first before I did the food truck. I started a catering company in Miami to where I was catering events for all of my teammates. And I was like, if you guys, you know how guys in, in the league are, they always got something going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, man, if you got an event going on, just let me cater for free. And that's how I really got my feet wet. It was doing all these 
uh, these catering events and I really got really good with it. And the people were like, Oh, you need to open up a restaurant. And I was like, yeah, maybe a food truck first. So that's <laughs> how I got the food truck. And, uh, just everything just kind of went from there. How long were you doing like the free catering events for, for your teammates before you kind of decided to start charging? <laughs> I did maybe <laughs> like five and then, okay. but these guys were like going over the top. They were, you know, lobster this and tomahawk steak that. And I'm like, all right, guys, like, <laughs> so you're like, I can't afford this. <laughs> so the, the food truck is, you know, Caribbean food. What, what is your connection uh, to that type of cuisine? So I uh, lived in Miami for 13 years. So after I retired, I stayed in Miami and Miami was like the second team that I played for. So I spent most of my time in Miami and I really and truly kind of fell in love with the whole Caribbean kind of a scene down there. And it was like flavors that I wasn't accustomed to growing up, like in the South and in Texas. Well, we didn't have like, you know, scotch bonnets and cooking with pimento seeds and allspice and things like that. Very fragrant spices. You know, we didn't have that. So I fell in love with it. And I would go to Jamaica. I would go to the Bahamas and Puerto Rico and just I started like picking up all these flavors and that's what I, that was most of the cooking that I was doing. Uh, when I was doing these catering events, you know, guys wanted like, you know, Jamaican cuisine or they wanted like Puerto Rican or Cuban. And so I really had to learn how to, to pull those flavors off. And that's how I really and truly fell in love with it. So I was like, what would my first truck be? Caribbean grill. And it's a healthier kind of cuisine, gets a lot of flavor, but it's a lot of fresh things, fresh seafoods and, uh, lean cuts of meat. And so that's why I thought it would be a good combination to do like Caribbean grill as a healthy food truck. Ah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But, you know, as you mentioned, you are, you know, born and raised in, in Houston. Uh, you're back living there now. What what feels like, you know, true Texas food to you? Barbecue. Barbecue. <laughs> Texas yeah. is barbecue all day. We're very uh, carnivorous. <laughs> yeah, we love. I support that. <laughs> we love our meats. So it's all about, you know, the briskets and the steaks. And, um, you know, we love beef here in Texas. And that's probably like our main form of barbecue is like, you know, brisket, beef ribs um, and everything else comes, you know, after that. Uh, well, obviously, you have your hand in a bunch of different cuisines. We, mm -hmm. You know, you, we talk about fitness and health, the Caribbean food, the barbecue. How would you describe your cooking style? Well, for me, I pull flavors. I pull um, styles from just my travels. And what I think is going to hit, and when I say hit, is going to work. I just created at my place here in Houston. So I have a food truck park now where I have all kinds of trucks. So, That's awesome. And I'm always coming up with different cuisines to try at these different trucks. So I just finished a taco truck, but it's like a taco fusion truck. So we do like bulgogi tacos, hot chicken tacos. We do we have like a bear bear spice beef dish, uh, beef tacos. Yeah. So I just, I, I just pull from just like my travels or if, when I go to different places, I try to get a little bit of that cuisine to get a flavor, get an understanding of where I'm at. Um, and I feel like that's truly how you can like evolve as a chef. You know what I mean? You have to experience new things and just not get pigeonholed into one type of cuisine, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. That said, I feel like everyone's always going to look to you for, you know, the the game day recipes as well. If you if you're having friends and family over watching a football game, hanging out, wh what are you cooking for them? Or do you not you prefer just to watch the game? Well, look, I would prefer to just watch the game, but that doesn't <laughs> happen at all. So game day kind of food for me is uh, I love I love game day food. For one, you can do exactly what I was talking about. You can put 
spins on common classic like sliders you know what i mean so for instance like i think in my book i have like a jamaican jerk slider so it's like a slider you know that's kind of fused with kind of those caribbean spices so those that's the type of things that i like to do but for game day it's a few things that are a must um you always have to have a great dip like a great dip agreed i'm a huge fan of queso you got man like queso is the way to my heart (laughs) chili con queso you gotta have it man you got to have it Secondly, you have to have like amazing one-handers. One-handers are like sliders or chicken wings are a good one-hander. Tacos could even be a one-hander. You have to have one, like one-hander because you always have to have a hand free for a cold beverage, right? You got to have a hand free for a cold beverage. I eat a beer. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I like your, uh, your game day uh, playbook, I think is uh, something that, that, that resonates with a lot of people. When we come back on Food Network Obsessed, Eddie tells us about his experience on Food Network Star and we talk about the new season of Barbecue Brawl. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I always love hearing how people got their start with Food Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we know you were doing the food truck. Obviously, mm-hmm. It was going pretty well. So what made you decide to try out for Food Network Star? For me, Food Network Star, I was always a huge fan. I was still a huge fan of Food Network. Bobby Flay was like my Jerry Rice. Like, you know, in the food (laughs) world, he was like Jerry Rice. He's someone that I always looked up to. And Guy Fieri. So I just remember one day, this is random. And I had just got finished doing another TV show, maybe like a year before. And that was, I got on that show by accident. And so once I left that show, I kind of had this feeling like this bug I never, never thought I would be doing anything with food on TV. This was all about food. I was like catering, maybe open up a restaurant type of thing. Um, And then just one day I was sitting at home. I had just moved to Houston and I was sitting at home watching probably like, I don't know, brunch at Bobby's or something. And it was a commercial. It was just like, oh, you can think you could be the next star food network. Try out. And I said, I think I can do that. Literally, I was just like, I said it to myself. I was like, I think I can do it. So I filled out the online application and I got a call back and did the audition. And simply I got I got on the show. Yeah, you got on the show. You did very well on the show. I did all right. (laughs) (laughs) What what was that whole experience like for you? I mean, not I mean, obviously, kind of having just started to dip your toe Mm -hmm. in that world and then now having to you know, compete against other chefs. Yeah. So for me, I think it was just like, I kind of brought it back to me being a free agent in football. So, and I say that because like I was competing against people that had two restaurants already or people that had been to years and years and years of culinary school. And now they've evolved and they've been training. No, one guy was a, a chef at per se in New York. And like that's oh, wow. like the creme, the, you know, the top of the top back then. And so I'm competing against all these people and I consider it like, you know, they were drafted and now here I am a free agent. Obviously, you know, a lot of people have more experience than I did. 
because I was, this was like a second career for me that was starting out basically. And so I just knew I had to like compete a lot harder than they were and take it as kind of like football for me to where, you know, it was broken out every week we would have challenges. And if you did good, then you would move on to the next week. If you didn't, you know, you would be in the bottom three and they would tell you what you messed up on and hopefully you can fix it. A lot of people weren't able to do that. So whenever I would be in the bottom, they would tell me exactly what I messed up on. And I guarantee you, I, I never did that wrong again. Or did it, you know what I mean? So that's what it was for me. I took coaching is what I saw. This was coaching. I listened to, you know, Giada and Bobby and like took their criticism and took it to heart and like what practice, you know, during the week on what they would tell me, what, what my, um, what I need to, to fix. And I feel like that's truly how I ended up winning. Because I took the criticism yeah. and, and and worked on it. I think that's a really great point because that is one thing I, I would say about athletes is um, very open for the most part to coaching, to to critique, to what can I do to be better, you know, the next day. But I'm also wondering, like, how much did constantly always having to be in a pressure situation with the NFL, with games, mm-hmm. how did that help you like kind of prepare for the for the stress of a food competition format. Yeah. So with this show, like competition shows like this type of show specifically food network star, it's all like ebbs and flows, ups and downs. And so I, me having that background, I, I really believe that having that athletic background on the highest level that you could possibly be on is all about ebbs and flows, like in the season ups and downs. I don't think that's normal for people to be in that kind of a setting, like competition wise, like every day is something like you could be on a high for 30 minutes and then the next 30 minutes, something happens and you're on the verge of getting sent home. That can emotionally just wreak havoc. And I saw that in a couple of my competitors where like, you know, we would have like do something, they would do something amazing. Then the very next day they would just totally bomb it and they would just play with their head, play with their emotions to where they was like, okay, I'm done with this. I'm I'm ready to go home. For me, I like I loved it. I love that feeling of like, what if like, you know, am I going to bomb today? Am I going to, you know, am I going to kill it today? Like I, I thrive off of competition. And so for me, that just it was more fun than than nerve wracking for me. Were you superstitious at all when you played football? No, I wasn't really superstitious. Like I wasn't like a rabbit's foot in my, you know, in my pocket. <laughs> Or any, not washing your socks. Or. Yeah. Like, no, don't wash my socks or anything like that. So I never really got into, you know, superstitions or, you know, things that I needed to do, you know, uh, like, like baseball guys would, you know, baseball guys are yeah. all about superstitions. Yes. But no, I never really got into that. I never really got into that. So you didn't have any superstitions then uh, on Food Network Star uh, before, you know, any of the big challenges or anything like that? No, I just used to, I really and truly used to just like wing it and be myself. Like I'm naturally <laughs> like an upbeat guy. So it wasn't like I had to try to do anything like, you know what I mean? I was just being myself. And if they liked it, they liked it. If they didn't, they didn't. Yeah. And I mean, as we as we mentioned, you you ended up winning your season of Food Network mm-hmm. Star and Bobby Giada were your mentors. Looking back just on on how far you've come since then, could you have ever imagined on finale day that you would be here today talking about, you know, all these other projects that you're doing on Food Network? Uh, I tell you what, once I, you know, won Food Network Star, I knew that this was going to be something I was going to be doing for a long time because I, I'm a hard worker and like once and I, I take it, I take advantage of opportunities because I was taught like opportunities, you know, they don't come too often. So that was the opportunity of a lifetime for me to be able to truly like transition and 
truly forget about football. Like, yes, I had forgot about football, but it wasn't, you know what I mean? Like it was still there, but now it's solidified. Okay. I've won food network. So now like this is, this is real. So take advantage of this opportunity. So I hit the ground running. Literally, I was trying to do anything <laughs> and everything that I could with food network is like, you want, yes, yes. Uh, would yes. you be interested? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you want to host this show? Yes. <laughs> yes. The answer is always yes, yes in that situation for sure. And, and you talk about, you know, how much you idolize Bobby, mm-hmm. but he, he really seemed to take a liking to you mm-hmm. as well. What is it about him that you connect with as both, you know, maybe a person and a chef? So for me, the thing that I respect most about Bobby is his passion for his craft. I always, I always gravitate and I like people like that. And not necessarily just food, but like just in life, like when someone truly loves what they do and you can see it, I gravitate to people like that. Um, I also love how humble like Bobby is. Bobby is like the man. He's very humble. I'll tell you a, a, a story. And this is like when I really kind of saw Bobby in the new light. And I've told him this story. So it's not like it's a secret. So it was like the first, it may have been when me and you did beat Bobby. It was like one of the first, first few times that I did beat Bobby Flay. And, you know, Bobby was filming like two episodes a day. And at the Great. time, uh, Gato had just opened up. I went to the hotel and he had told me I can go, you know, he's like, Oh, you know, you can go blah, blah. I'll let him know you're coming. So I get there at the restaurant and he was in there cooking. And I'm like, dude, you've been cooking all day long. And now you back at the restaurant cooking all night. And he was just like, I love it. This is what he said. He was just like, I, I love, I love it. I love food. I love cooking. That's what he said. And I was like, man, like that's what I'm talking about. That the passion uh, is what gets me. And then he did something like I had some friend go there, a young kid who was um, autistic and he loves Bobby Flay. And this is when Bobby, this is like right after I had one Food Network star. So, you know, people always think in, 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 in when they see you on TV, they think that like because they see me film a show with like you or like Bobby Flay, that Bobby is like my best friend in the world. Like, no, we're cool. <laughs> but, so it's like, hey, can you ask Bobby to do this? And so I was like, okay. But in this situation, I was like, I'll do it. So I text Bobby that I have a friend coming to his restaurant. Um, that's a huge fan. Uh, he didn't respond. My friend calls me and his mom calls me. He's, she's in tears. She's like, Bobby came out and took care of us and gave me all this stuff, took pictures with us. And I just thought that was the coolest thing ever that he took time out of his day to do that. He didn't know me personally then. Like we know each other better now, but this was five, six years ago, you know, right after I won Food Network Star. And he did that for me, for that kid. And, um, man, that's when I, that's when I truly gained more respect for, for Bobby after that. Yeah. I, I love hearing uh, that story because I, I think you're right. I mean, I think he's not the type of person to, you know, tell everybody when he, you know, is doing things like mm-hmm. that, but he's doing a lot of that, I think behind no, the scenes. He definitely and, does. Yeah. I mean, how is it be, you know, you, you mentioned be Bobby Flay, by the way, that episode we did together is still one of my faves. Cause it was, it was game day and it was, we like accidentally, like we're wearing like complimentary color. I don't know. The whole thing like was super fun. Yeah. Um, we had a blast, but having the opportunity to do that, especially after being on the other side as a competitor, how is it being on the other side of the table as, as a judge on some of these shows? Uh, you know what? For me, uh, I, I, I love judging just my knowledge of food. I'm always learning things about food. I'm, I'm like a, when it comes to food, I'm like a nerd because I'm always, <laughs> you know, I learn something new every day. And for me with judging, I know how I like to be judged. So <laughs> I like to judge people how I want to be judged. Like, tell me what you like about it and then tell me what you don't like or tell me how I could fix it. 
in your yeah. opinion. Don't just, this is crap. This is what you, <laughs> what were you thinking? You know, what some people do, but that's just not my style. I try to be as authentic as I can in my personality and my judging style. Uh, and I think competitors, I know I, I appreciate that kind of judge, like when they're authentic and it seems like it's genuine and not for camera. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> do you think, uh, do you think you could beat Bobby? Oh yeah. I mean, definitely. I'm a competitor. <laughs> Look, B Bobby Flay is all about that dish. What is your dish? What's your signature dish? Oh man. There's so many things that I know I could make better than Bobby. Um, <laughs> I mean, but there's, but there's like, but the thing, but the problem is there's like hundreds of thousands of things that Bobby can make better than me. Oh yeah, he's, he's incredible. It's, he's it's incredible. like it blows me away every single time. He's incredible, and like the thing with, with that is you have to be specific. Like if we were to mm -hmm. do like charbroiled oyster challenge, like mm -hmm. I would beat Bobby. I know I would be <laughs> putting it out there. We'll we'll see if uh, you get the call to 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 try your luck. Yeah. Speaking of Bobby, you you joined Bobby and Michael Simon on the upcoming season of Barbecue Brawl, mm -hmm. which just wrapped in Austin. Yeah. So you've kind of come full circle now. You were cooking for him on Star and you know, now you're joining him on on Barbecue Brawl mm -hmm. with his BFF Michael Simon. Uh what's it like going from, you know, Bobby the mentor to Bobby the co-host and rival captain? Well, for me, I I I don't care, you know, that Bobby is Bobby Flay. He's the man. I still give him crap. Like I talk, <laughs> I talk, I talk so much smack to him. And I think that's why we, we kind of hit it off because I, I, you know, wasn't nervous around him. I just started talking smack to him. Like he was my best friend. Like, you know, uh, like the first episode that we filmed there, I was cracking jokes. I was like, man, like, are you really wearing no skinny jeans today, bro? <laughs> 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 and he was like, what are they too skinny? And me and Michael looked at each other and was like, eh, I want to go take those off, man. So just stuff like that, you know, just because we have a mutual respect for each other. And we both, and like he knows the type of person I am when it comes to competing and um, my love for food, my passion for food. And so I feel like that's why we just click. And, you know, we don't take each other too seriously outside of, you know, competing against each other. But, you know, once, once, once it's time to start competing, then yes. But outside of that, we, we have so much fun together and uh, we, we just click. What were the days on, uh, like on set with Bobby and Michael? Uh -huh. Is there, is there bromance as, uh, as, as strong as ever? I'm not going to lie. The bromance was, was, <laughs> was wafting in the air. <laughs> <laughs> it was wafting in the air. Uh, but no, me and Michael, so I've actually done some work with Michael as well on a few things, you know, from the Chew and his show, Barbecue Brew, Brew and Q. I've done a few episodes of that. So, um, but we all just click together. We have a common love of sports. They're both like huge sports guys. So obviously we have that in common. We love barbecuing and grilling. So we have that in common. And we all, uh, all three of us, uh, we like to win. So just having those three things in common, um, I mean, it was enough smack talking each day to, to <laughs> last three seasons. That's awesome. I know you also learned a lot about barbecue from your dad. Mm -hmm. How excited were you to share that experience with your team on the show? Yeah. So my dad, he, like I said, my grandmother's a chef. So my dad learned how to barbecue at a very young age, but like old school style to where they would dig <laughs> a hole in the ground and fill it with charcoal and wood or whatever they were using. That's how they would barbecue. So that's how I, that's one of the first forms of barbecue, like real barbecue and like pole in the ground, 
the mattress wiring, that kind of stuff. That's real OG barbecuing. But uh, but no, so my dad kind of taught me all of my, you know, just kind of old school techniques. Uh, when I was young, when I was 10, 11, 12, we would cook on the patio of our apartment, very small charcoal grill and kind of evolve from there. Every year, it seemed like we got a bigger, bigger smoker and bigger smoker and was cooking bigger cuts of meat. It's where we were doing like, you know, whole hogs. Uh, I remember <laughs> we started out making burgers when I was like 10. And then by the time I was 17, we were cooking whole hogs. So wow. it just kind of grew and grew every year. So and we and we kind of grew together learning barbecue and stuff like that, um, which I thought was which, when I, looking back on. I think it was really cool that we had that experience together. That's super special. Um, I'm sure you learned a lot as well, even from your own team. Um, wh- what sort of tricks of the trade did you pick up from some of the pit masters on your team? Uh, you know, more so I was giving them tricks and 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 things. But for me, it's all about flavoring and learning how to layer spices and layer seasonings and layer flavor. And as a pit master, a lot of times you don't have an understanding of that. But because I do, you know, so versed in so many different types of cuisines and cook so many different things, I kind of had a uh, have a different understanding of like layering flavors. So with barbecue guys, you know, it's all about, you know, season up the meat, smoke it. And then like, I'm like, no, we got to do some more layering of flavor. So, uh, you know, just teaching them how to season everything as you go. You know, if you add something to a pot, you season it no matter what. Onions, season, tomato sauce, season. As soon as you add something to a pot, you need to season as you go. Um, so that was it more than anything. Those guys, you know, on that show and ladies uh, were so, so talented. Oh, my gosh. So talented. Um, the main thing was uh, teaching them how to get through a competition like that, because on that show, it's much kind of like Food Network Star to where you would have those ebbs and flows and you needed to understand how to bounce back really quickly. Because in TV, TV world, it looks like it's a week, but it's really just like a day. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, next week on like, no, tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> so it's like, you got to bounce back, like forget what you just did. So that was more of an anything. It was more coaching than anything because they have the skills, obviously. They're like some of the best pit masters in the, in the country. So it's just understanding how to navigate through the competition is where I came into play. Speaking of TV world, I mean, Usually you're you're kind of jet setting all over the place to to film these different mm-hmm. shows. You, you actually got to stay in your home state for this one. I mean, what was that like to to be able to? I mean, even though it was Austin, not Houston, yeah. but kind of be able to stick close to home. Well, it felt good because they, first I was able to drive there, so I had <laughs> transportation every day. Austin itself, I grew up going to Austin all the time. Austin is our capital, so you know this is where we would go for our uh, field trips and and you know when we were kids, I go to see the capital and. <laughs> All of our, you know, the, the state track meets are held in Austin. So this Austin is just a, holds a special place in my heart because I have so many memories growing up in Texas, like going to Austin for everything. All the festivals are in, you know, usually in Austin, all the good ones at least are in Austin, <laughs> food festivals and everything is in Austin. So it just felt good to be like in my own backyard filming this amazing show with like people just in my in my state. You've been on your fair share of baking shows as well, hosting mm-hmm. a Christmas cookie challenge. What would you say your baking skills are on a scale of one to 10? So my baking skills are actually like a 10 out of 10. Really? Yeah. But see, I'm not a, a decorator though. Okay. Like decorating is totally different. Now, if it's, when it comes to baking, like that's one of the first things that I learned with my grandmother. My grandmother was, both of them were amazing bakers. So I started out baking things first, you know, lots of pastries and scones and biscuits and stuff like that. 
But when it comes to decorating now, like the show <laughs> I do, the the cookie show, like that's a whole nother level. That's like artistry that's, you know, no, uh-uh. understand it, mm-hmm. understand the techniques behind it, but I just never have done it. What What is your favorite thing to bake? Is it the biscuits or, or something else? So my favorite thing to bake is I love pie. I love a couple of different types of pies. So mm-hmm. pies and cakes, cookies, of course. I love cookies. <laughs> love cookies. Are you a big sweets person? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a moody sweets person. Like, a moody sweets person? Yeah. So person. when I'm what in the mean? mood for sweets, like I can't okay. stop. <laughs> like last night, I, I I ate like six chocolate chip cookies. Oh. But before that, you know, I, I'm just not a sweets person. So you're not like a I need dessert after every meal. But, no, but so, no. But if you're craving it, if I'm you, craving you, it, you like it's, it's a problem. It's going to be a problem. Does Ree ever let you grab a bite of cookie after judging? Now it's 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 different now. Oh, it's different. Yeah, it's different. Okay. So well, yeah, so now I'm, I actually judge the cookies and taste the cookies. Oh, and well, eat that's the exciting. Cookies. Yeah. <laughs> so last the last season was the first season that we started doing that. But the, okay. the the three seasons before that, I used to tell Ree, I was like, "Yo, if the cookie's good, I need you to just put it underneath the desk." You know, you know how they have like the cubby hole where you keep your phone at? You know what I'm yep. talking about. I'm like, just put it underneath the cubby hole. <laughs> so you were you were sneaking some cookies yeah, and they finally the decided like, all right, Eddie, yeah. we're just going to let so you. So now they we're let me taste the judge. cookies and eat the cookies. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, what about your, your show Yum and Yummer on Cooking Channel? Tell us about that. Yeah, so Yum and Yummer is a really cool show. All we do is talk about like delicious food, like all over the world, not just here in the States, but just food all over the world. Um, in each episode, I kind of give themes to where there will have an episode that's all about like cheesiness and cheese. And so it's just like, you know, the most indulgent foods from all over the world that involve cheese are like we've done a whole recently. We just finished an episode that was all about fruits. And so how people mm-hmm. use fruits in savory ways as well as sweet ways. We did a really cool episode that I was proud of that was all black owned restaurants. So we did like black owned like local rec- restaurants. And that was a really cool show. Um, and we featured um you know, people just all over, all over the country in that episode, which I thought was really cool. That's awesome. What What's the most like memorable dish or place you've had a chance to visit with that show? So the best place is uh, that, that I think was like uh, Rodney Scott's. Rodney Scott's a huge mm-hmm. barbecue guy. Yeah. He was actually the, uh, a judge on the show Barbecue Bra. But his place is just so nostalgic, so old school, like the way they cook and like everybody, if everybody in the barbecue world knows who he is. And he just had a cookbook come out too that um what I think is like a bestseller. So that was that was the coolest, probably the coolest episode in, in the place that I that I've been to. That's awesome. I have heard nothing but uh wonderful things. Um so I'll have to check it out at some point. Yeah. Don't watch um, it hungry though. Don't do not watch it hungry. <laughs> Some of the stuff is just over the top. All right. Well, if you need a co-host ever, uh, let me know. I'm available. <laughs> Sounds like a, a dream job. Yeah. No, it's been so much fun talking to you and catching up. Uh, I'm going to end with some rapid fire questions. And then our final question that we ask everybody here on Food Network Obsessed. Are you ready for, for the rapid fire? I guess. All right. Let's go. It, they're easy. I promise. Um, dry rub or marinade? Dry rub. Beef ribs or brisket? Brisket. Favorite style of barbecue sauce? Ooh, oh man, that's uh, that's tough. I'm gonna go with Carolina. Okay, all right, little little mustard little vinegar, based uh, yeah. barbecues. Yeah, uh, best receiver you've ever covered? Randy Moss. Favorite coach you've played for? Bill Belichick. 
<laughs> I wanted to ask you some more uh, Belichick questions earlier, but I, I figured our, our food audience would maybe want to know more <laughs> about the food stuff. So we'll have to get into that next time. Uh, push-ups or pull-ups? Push-ups. Favorite snack? My favorite snack is ooh, chili lime peeled pistachios. Oh, I love that delicious. pistachios. Ugh. But the ones that's already peeled, you can just eat them. <laughs> you end up eating a lot more though yeah. with when when they're not when they're not cracked open yeah. for you. Best thing you've ever made in life? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing I ever made in life? Yeah. Uh man, I what? Okay. You don't have yeah, to. Yeah, that, that that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> uh what about best thing you've ever cooked? Do you have that one? Best thing I've ever cooked. Wow, there's so many different things. Okay. The first time I made, this is this is not the best thing. But this is like the one thing that stands out to me. The first time I mastered how to do like whole Jamaican, like escabeche fish, which is just whole fish skin on red snapper, but properly seasoned with pickled veggies. I remember the first time I had it in Jamaica and I fell in love and the, it took me a few times to master it. But when I did, it was oh, so good. Uh, that sounds delicious. Well, our final question is uh, something we ask everybody here on Food Network Obsessed, and that would be, what would be on the menu for your perfect food day? So breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert. There are basically no rules for this question. So you can time travel or you can, you know, just travel in general. Money is not an issue. It's it's your day. So have at it. Okay. Um, so I will have to start off the day with uh, my grandma Geraldine's biscuits and her mm-hmm. peach preserves. For lunch, I would have to have a place called Monroe's. All this stuff is just going to be nostalgic. Nobody's going to know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> I like I like nostalgic <laughs> Nobody's going to know what I'm talking about. I used to eat these hot dogs growing up in America's Georgia. And it's actually okay. been featured on Food Network. Monroe's Hot Dogs in America's Georgia. And it's still there. It's been around for, I want to say, I'm, I'm 40 years old. So it's been around maybe 45, 50 years. Okay. And to this day, it's like the best hot dog I've ever had. I don't know what they put really? in the hot dog in the chili, but that's what I'm going to do for lunch. Okay. My dinner is going to be, I have to have a family dinner, right? So my family dinner would be my grandmother's dressing, stuffing. Like yeah. I, I'm a sucker for Thanksgiving. So yeah, dressing, <laughs> my auntie's macaroni and cheese. She makes the best, Auntie Maddie makes the best macaroni and cheese, hands mm-hmm. down. Uh, my grandma Ruth's fried chicken, gotta wow. have the fried chicken. And for dessert, my grandmother used to make caramel cake. And to this day, I've not seen it. And only people that make it is people in my family. And it is the best cake in the world. Homemade caramel icing. It. So that's how I'm going out. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. And <laughs> I probably, I felt like I was on an episode of like $40 a day because I, my, <laughs> that only cost me about 10 bucks for my whole day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I like it. I mean, I, I, I said there's no rules, so it doesn't. I, you didn't have to spend absurd. Uh, I'm not a fancy money. guy. I'm not a fancy guy. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate the nostalgia. Um, I, I think that I would definitely have some of those answers in mind as well. So, plus, if it comes full circle, because we we started off talking about uh, your grandma's biscuits, yeah. and we end that way as well. It was so much fun uh, chatting with you. I know my followers will definitely appreciate all of the sports talk, but I love when my my two worlds collide. So I love talking about food and sports with you. And thank you so much for the time. Oh, Jimmy, it's always a pleasure. 
so good having Eddie on the podcast and talking a little sports again. That was a lot of fun. I personally would love to see an Eddie and Bobby face off. I don't know about you guys. Maybe we can make that happen. You can catch more of Eddie, though, on the new season of Barbecue Brawl premiering on Food Network on Monday, June 14th at 9, 8 central. As always, thanks so much for listening and make sure you follow us wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss a single thing. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to rate and review. We love it when you do that. That's all for now. We'll catch you foodies next Friday.